chapter 3, 1 Timothy chapter 3, and then we're going to look at verse 16, that one verse of scripture we will launch from, but we will be in a few places today. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, they'll bring it on the screens as well, amen, amen, 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, praise God. And I'll read this. No, I think we will read this. Praise God. Amen. We'll read this in the presence of our Lord today on your screens as well. Let us read together. Ready, read. Praise God. Amen. For a few minutes this morning, I want to continue the teaching that we began on last week entitled The Incredible Gift. The Incredible Gift. As you take your seat, give your neighbor a fist pound and say, I'm thankful for the incredible gift. Thankful for the incredible gift. The incredible gift. A few Christmases ago, a few Christmases ago, I had the opportunity to meet a young lady. And I met this young lady during that particular Christmas. And I, I believed in my heart that the Lord, through the power of the Holy Spirit, spoke to my heart and said, I want you to propose to this young lady. Now, this was, I met her in December, January, February, talking about several Christmases ago. And I said, Lord, I just met her. You know how the Lord gives you a word and you begin to, y'all don't know what I'm talking about, but for those of us, you, you begin to consult the Lord. And the Lord said, I want you to propose to this young lady. So in order to propose, I had to get an engagement ring. And I, I got online at the time, Jared's was real popular, the jewelry store Jared's. And, and I said, Lord, I'm not going to get an engagement ring. I'm going to get a charm bracelet. And I said, Lord, I'm not going to get an engagement ring. I'm going to get a charm bracelet. And it's going to be real special, Lord, because it's going to be wrapped in a Jared's box. And I get to say I went to Jared's. I'm in Mobile. The young lady that I'm asked to propose to is at, in, in Indianapolis at the time. So I said, Lord, that's... You must, I must have heard you wrong, or you must be giving some bad counsel or something. Lord, I'm getting the charm bracelet. So I'm online. I'm on Jairus.com. I find a bracelet in my price range at the time, and I proceed to purchase that charm bracelet. And as I press the purchase button, the website went out. And I said, okay, that's all right. See, I teach you in this church that the level 
of a believer's maturity is his or her level of ability to hear from God and then to step out by faith and obey what he says. I wasn't mature at the time. I was still growing because I went right back on that website and I tried to order that very charm, very same charm bracelet that locked me out. And guess what happened? It happened again. that I pressed that purchase button and the website went out. Sometimes, and what I love about the grace of God is God is a patient God. And even in our mistakes, he gives us grace. And God created some grace because your hard-headed pastor went back a third time. Y'all know the rest of the story in terms of what happened when I went to Jared.com. Very same, telling the truth. Very same charm bracelet, had it up, looking good. It's like, Lord, she's going to love this because she's going to tell her friends that he went to Jared's. <laughs> Pressed the purchase button, didn't go through. I said, Lord, I hear you. <laughs> I I tell you that story because when the Lord has presented a gift to us, we're we're not to renege on that gift or to replace it with what we think it needs to be. We need to receive what God has offered unto us and begin to enjoy in the blessings that all it produces. And on the other side of me being obedient to God, I'm experiencing some of the best days of my life. Why do I share that story with you? Because God has presented to all of us an incredible gift. And when we receive this gift, life is never the same. I'm not talking about how many times you go to church. I'm not talking about all this religious stuff that we do. I'm talking about a relationship with the incredible gift, the one who's known as Jesus the Christ. Life, I promise you, will never be the same. Do I have a witness in this place today? We we find in our text today, now this this is the Apostle Paul, of course, writing to his son in the faith, Timothy, and he gives some instruction to the church But at the very end of this particular passage of scripture, we find, if you will, a song. It looks like it's misplaced when you read the whole context of 1 Timothy and you come across verse 16 and you begin to ask the question, what in the world is this doing here? But as you begin to read, you begin to understand something about the early church and their value for the gospel of Jesus Christ. You begin to understand that this is something that the church would sing all the time. It was not uncommon for them to sing about the goodness of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In fact, that's how the very first scripture begins that we're about to read today in 1 Timothy chapter 16. Notice what it says. It says, 
by common confession, great is the mystery of godliness. So here we see a, a very distinctive message, or we could call it a profession of faith of the church. And he, he talks about what's called the mystery of godliness. And that is something that was formerly unknown, but which now has been revealed. The church would sing this all the time. They would, they would remind themselves of the mystery of God and how God revealed himself after a period of time. In fact, that word mystery, that's the Greek word mysterion, mysterion, and it's a hidden or secret thing. It's not obvious to the understanding of God, the secret counsels which govern God in dealing with the righteous, which are hidden from the ungodly, and the wicked men, but in plain sight to those who are godly. So God has, watch this now, you need to understand this, for the wicked and ungodly, they don't see as we see as believers. Okay? It has been hidden unto them, just as it was with you and me at one time. The glorious, beautiful, beautiful awesomeness of God was hidden from us because we were born in sin and we were shaping in iniquity. This is why we should celebrate this time of year because God revealed himself unto us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ Jesus was born to die for us. That's why we celebrate this incredible gift today. But he says it's a mystery. Remember, a mystery, mysterion, it's a, a hidden or secret thing, not obvious to the understanding. You may remember in the book of Matthew is one place is found. Matthew's gospel, chapter 13, verse 11. Jesus, he's uh, talking to his disciples and he answered them. He says, you know what? To you, it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them, it has not been granted. The disciples asked, why are you talking to them in parables? He says, I need to talk to them in parables so that they could understand what's going on, what's really going on. But to you, amen, the mystery has already been revealed. And I love how the Apostle Paul, uh, if you're turning to Scripture, Romans 16, as that chapter closes, watch what Paul says about this great mystery over there in verse 25 and 26, because it's a mystery. He says, now as he's closing this out in Romans 16, 25, verse through 27, he says, now to him who is able, notice him is capital. He's talking about who? Jesus. I can't hear you. Who are you talking about? Jesus. Now to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. Watch this. According to the revelation of of the mystery, there's that word musterion, which has been kept secret for long ages past, but now is manifested and by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment of the eternal God, has been made known to all nations, leading to obedience of faith to the only wise God through Jesus Christ, be glory forever. Somebody say amen. 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 God has revealed himself unto us 
in the way that was concealed in ages of old. It's a beautiful thing, people. It's an incredible gift that he has presented to us. What follows this phrase, watch this, it's now a song. And you notice in some of your Bibles, it's actually sectioned out in sections. And this is how I'm going to give it to you in my few minutes remaining. But notice that it's the good news of Jesus Christ. It sets forth, if you will, the core values about Christ that need to operate in the church to promote godliness. So watch this now. Notice what he says as they're singing this song. The first stanza, I believe it would say, as according to the scripture here, he who was revealed in the flesh. So God, how, what, what is this great mystery? How are you going to demonstrate yourself to the world, number one, where we know it's you, and number two, where we know that the one, the one who is sent has come to save us from our sins and to destroy all the works of the devil. This was already prophetically spoken, as we already know, all throughout Scripture, because God, he revealed or he manifested himself in the flesh, and that's a reference to the incarnation of the Son of God. Okay, so when we're when we if you will, in this season, which we celebrate, amen, we, we need to celebrate that God came as a baby. That's humbling, came from heaven to earth, didn't come as an angel, didn't come. He humbled himself, Paul tells us, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. It's incredible, people. We just dedicated a baby this morning. Jesus was he, the same thing he did. He was dedicated in the temple. They brought him in, and the people who had been waiting on him for years, Simeon and Anna, they were old in age, and they saw that that was baby Jesus, and they began to praise God. Man, God is, he always fulfills his promises, but notice he revealed himself. And you remember last week we talked about in Isaiah 9 and 6, for unto us a child is born. Notice the child is born and a son is given and the government will rest on his shoulders and he shall be called wonderful, counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, amen, and the prince of peace. That was 700 years before the baby was born. If that's not enough, you flip over back over there to Isaiah 7, 14, and it says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son. And our worship team was trying to lead us in that this morning. And his name shall be called Emmanuel, which is interpreted God with us. This is before, watch this now, it's not before Jesus, but it's before Jesus came in the flesh. Remember, he always was. You got to get that right now. We, 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 we celebrating, no, he ain't celebrating just no ordinary baby. You can't leave him in the manger because he didn't come only as a baby. He came to fulfill what was on our father's heart for me and for you, what an incredible gift. 
Remember in Micah chapter 5, verse 2, man, and I don't have time to go through all the prophecies, but, but y'all might have studied this last night in the women's event, I heard. But, amen. but if y'all didn't know the answer to this, here it is. In Micah 5, chapter 2, watch this. A prophetic utterance from this prophet. He says, but as for you, Bethlehem Ephratah, too little to be among the clans of Judah. From you, one, capital O, will go forth from me to be ruler in Israel. Watch this. His goings forth are from long ago, from the days of eternity. So he's saying, man, he's, he's existed way before you can even imagine. But because of the love of the father, he's now coming as a baby. Watch this now. Watch this. And then if that's not enough, we know he was revealed Galatians 4 and 4, y'all know it. Bible says, but when the fullness of time came, God sent forth, what did he do? He sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. Who was the woman? Mary. Amen? Mary. Born of a woman, born under the law. God, at the appointed time, it had to be the appointed time. He couldn't do it any sooner. He couldn't do it any later. He had to do it at the appointed time. And thank God that he did it. Now, let's put this together, because when we go to John chapter one now, watch this now. We're putting this together. Amen. We, 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 we want to celebrate Christmas, but I, I agree with Elder Mike. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Some of y'all look at him like he's crazy when he say that in July. But I'm, I mean, I'm on board with you now, Elder Mike, because every day is a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Y'all see me saying Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Amen. Y'all know where we're getting it from. In the name of Jesus. But watch this. I'm talking about the one who was before. John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the word. Is that capital in your Bible? Amen. In the beginning was the word. Here it is. And the word was with God. And the word. You better believe that. And the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Y'all see that? Come down to verse 14. Y'all know this. This is the miracle here. This is why we should celebrate this particular time of year, not only just today, but every day. And the word became flesh. Jesus, I'll put on a man suit and I'll go down not as a man. I want to go as a baby. I want to empathize and sympathize with their weaknesses. I want them to see that greater is he in them than in he that is in the world. I want to I want to demonstrate that for them. And, and what we'll talk about in a minute, when I leave, I'm not going to leave them comfortless. Praise God for Jesus in this place today. I'm thankful for the incredible gift. I don't know about you. Amen. See, behind the gift are some other blessings and opportunities, but that you can never get to until you get bold enough to receive the gift that's been offered. I'm not talking about a bumper sticker, a T-shirt. I'm talking about a relationship. I'm going hard for you, Jesus. I'm not talking about dipping and dabbing when nobody's looking. I'm talking about being integral before the one who's always looking. You walk before the Lord in integrity, then he will establish your ways. According to the scriptures, I'm talking about the incredible gift of God in this place today. Oh, are you thankful for the incredible gift in this place today? And the word 
became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory. Go ahead, John. And we saw his glory. Watch this. As the only begotten from who? Full of grace and what? That's all you're going to get when you squeeze Jesus. <laughs> you're going to get grace and truth. Notice what he says now. Here we go. We're going back to our song in First Timothy. Tim, uh, Paul, why did you put this here? Paul is reminding us. This is the national. This is an anthem of the song. You know how you hear and, and what occurred to me this. I'll be honest with you. What occurred to me this year was the level of theology in Christmas songs. You ever notice that you find yourself singing and, and what you're singing about is the goodness of God. Oh, holy night. Silent night. If I only was a psalmist, y'all, I would bust it out on y'all, but I ain't going to do that now in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Let me keep it moving. We'd never get through if I could sing, I'm telling you. Like, Pastor sing every Sunday, y'all. What? <laughs> but notice the next scripture. He says, and I'm back in First uh, Timothy 3.16. He says, was vindicated in the spirit, or he was justified, if you will, in the spirit. That means that Jesus, he was declared by the Father as his beloved son. He was empowered, watch this, by the Holy Spirit to perform supernatural works, including healing the eyes of the blind, raising the dead, healing the sick. He was, he was justified or he was vindicated. Somebody say, when, when did that happen? You remember over there in the book of Matthew, he gives us an example of that. In Matthew's Gospel, chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, the Bible says, after being baptized, remember John the Baptist stood and he says, behold, the Lamb of God who cometh to take away the sins of the world. And, 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 and he had to fulfill scripture in the fact that he had to baptize Jesus. And notice what happens after the baptism. See, see after the baptism, somebody say after the baptism. After the baptism, John, thank you for humbling yourself. I know he, you're not worthy even to unlatch the, 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 the latching on his sandals, but you were in obedience to God. And by virtue of you being obedience to God, we can learn something for an eternity to come. After being baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water. All right. Don't have time to go into baptism, but baptism, in, according to the scriptures, is a submersion. Amen. Not a submersion, baptizo, the word baptized. Jesus came immediately from the water and behold, watch this, the heavens were open. And he saw, watch this, the spirit of God descending as a dove and lighting on him. And behold, a voice out of heavens said, this is my beloved Son, do y'all see that there? That's a that's a justification. That's a, a vindication. This is my beloved son. You remember that happened? We preached over at another church a few weeks ago about the transfiguration. And they wanted to build three tabernacles. Amen. One for uh, Moses, one for Elijah and one for Jesus. And God had to come in and make that right because Peter opened his mouth and he spoke just a little too soon. You know anybody that just speak a little too soon sometimes? Amen. Just, just be quiet. Don't say nothing right now. Amen. Let's just enjoy the glory of what's really going on right now. But Peter said, we're going to build three churches. 
One for the law, one for the prophet, and then one for you, Jesus. And the Bible says they went down, and when they came up, all they saw was Jesus. Because the Lord God had spoken with a voice from heaven, behold, this is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. It was a justification. It was a vindication. Notice now, I'm picking it up here. Notice he was also seen of angels. He was seen of angels. You can read this passage of scripture and you can see how Jesus, if you will, came into the earth and how he left. Okay, I love this passage of scripture because it says he was seen of angels. Did you know? Watch this now. Did you know this, that the angels attended Jesus at his birth? Not only at his birth, but also at his temptation. Not only at his temptation, but at his resurrection. I'm talking about angels being in attendance. Not only at at his birth, not only at his temptation, not only at his resurrection, but also at his ascension. Angels were present, and this is to signify God's divine approval. Amen. Heaven came and they interacted with Jesus. Remember, the devil had left him, and behold, angels came and began to minister to him. Matthew 4 and 11. Angels came and ministered to him. And behold, a severe earthquake had occurred, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled away the stone and sat upon it. Matthew 28, verse 2. I'm talking about the interactions. And you remember what happened in the book of Acts as he was uh, ministering to his disciples. Remember, Jesus, when he got out of the grave with all power in his hand, he stuck around for 40 days. Don't forget that. But then when it was coming time for him to leave, he ascended to heaven. And, the, and, and there were men in white garments, angels. Behold, why stand ye here gazing? This same Jesus you see going in the clouds will return again. I'm talking about the incredible gift, people. Anybody know anything about the incredible gift today in the name of Jesus? But he was seen of angels. And to make this relevant to this season that we so focus on, go to Luke chapter 2. Watch this now. Luke chapter 2. I'm coming down to, a, to the end. Luke chapter 2, verse 10. Watch this now. Luke chapter 2. But, but, but the angel, I think it says angel, right? But the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy which will be for all people. For today, in the city of David, there, there will be born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Watch this now. Here's the fulfillment. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly... There appeared with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among men with whom he is pleased. So even in his birth, angels were present. What about proclaimed among the nations and believed on in the world? Do you know this is what I'm excited about? What what excites me even here on this earth is knowing that there are people 
who watch this now. Let me let me let me let me fix it like this. So when we talk about the mystery of God, there has to be, if you will, an initiation process for you to begin to understand what's behind the mysteries. Okay. now for some organizations, they make that very complicated. Okay, because you have to have a certain income. You have to take certain tests. You have to wear certain items. And they say, we can't let you in until you fit our criteria. And then we can let you in on some of the mysteries that we have. We're going to give you a secret password. We're going to give you a secret handshake. We're going to give you all these things. But you can't get those things, amen, until you have been initiated. And then we can begin some of the reveal some of the mysteries to you. Are y'all following what I'm saying? But I thank God for the kingdom of God. And I thank God for his kingdom because the price has already been paid and all he's looking for is whosoever. He's not looking for anybody with a certain name or title behind their name or a certain GPA or all that other stuff. He says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And he says, I will reveal the mysteries unto you once you give your heart to me. Somebody give him a praise right now. So if you're not in a certain group or a certain club, thank God that you're in the kingdom of God. Praise God for that. that. That's the one that's going to get you where you need to go in the name of Jesus. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. The Alpha and the Omega. I'll keep it moving here in the name of Jesus. Proclaim among the nations, believed on in the world. He, he preached among the nations. It, it refers to the proclamation of the gospel to the world. Watch this now. Go to this scripture. Go to Revelation uh, chapter 7, verse 9. Do, do, do you know, and, 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 and many people, for whatever reason, they don't associate with other believers who may not look like them or may not live in the zip code that they're in. But don't you know that's not resembling of what heaven will look like? What in the world is going on where we're causing separation based on our race, our socioeconomic, our demographic? What, 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 what kind of church is this? Wait a minute. Hold on. We, we, we got to be bold enough to address that here on earth. OK, watch this. Now, this is the revelator and he's at the Isle of Patmos and he's getting this revelation. And, and notice, notice, notice this picture. y'all. I love this picture. I can't I can't wait for this picture. He says, after these things, I looked and behold, watch this, a great multitude which no one could count from every nation and all tribes and peoples. And tongues standing before the throne and before the lamb, that's Jesus, clothed in white garments and palm branches were in their hands. Oh, it's going to look totally different than it looks now, people of God. Amen. It's going to it's going to happen because the gospel message was proclaimed. And that brother over there in India who was raised as a Hindu heard the glorious gospel message of Jesus Christ. And he surrendered his life to Jesus. And as a result of that, there's going to be one day where every nation, every tongue, every kindred is going to be present before the lamb. And we're going to give him praise for his name. I'm excited about that, people of God. Prejudice. Where did that come from? That came from the enemy. What do you mean we can't worship together? We can shop together. We can go to school together. We can go to sporting events together. We can't worship together. It's a trick of the enemy. When Jesus died for the church, I didn't see any other criteria before that, any other adjective describing it. It's the church. 
As I bring this to a close here, notice the last one. Oh, man, I wish we could put some, where's Greg? We could put some chords to this song right here. Greg and Convenient, if we could sing this as a congregation. Man, he was taken up to glory. Oh, man. Oh, I say this all the time, but it's worth repeating. The next, y'all, y'all got to understand this now. We, we, every, every year around this time, we get to recount the history of how the God-man came into the world. And it brings us to the point of Genesis, if you will, his beginnings in the earth, although he always was. But we have a point of reference. And right now we're in what's called the church age. The ark, watch this, the ark, the, the, the door of the ark is still open. It's still open. And, and that's why uh, he's given us, watch this now. All right, church, I'm talking to the church now. He's given us the mandate to go and to make disciples of people. We can't, uh, and you, you, look, if you got to look cute doing it while you're doing it, go ahead and look cute. But just don't look cute not doing anything. <laughs> Amen. Nothing wrong with looking cute, but just don't look cute. But you, you need to go and, and do the work that he's called us to do. And, and, and we want to go and we want to grab as many people as we can and bring them into the ark of safety because the next great event on God's calendar is the return of Christ. And if you're not in the ark, when God closes the door, that is it. There's no purgatory. There ain't no coming back. God is coming for a people without spot or blemish. Praise God in this place. But notice he was taken up to glory, and this is simply in reference to his ascension. Watch this now. Don't take my word for it. Uh, I'm to give you some scriptures. Watch this, and I'm closing in a minute. Mark 16:19. Watch this. Watch what it says in Mark 16:19. Somebody say, Pastor, giving us too many scriptures. Well, you know how we do it. Amen. You can go back and chew the cud on it, and we can talk about it some more. But I have to give you what thus says the Lord. Amen. Notice what it says here. It says, So then. When the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. The right hand of God is symbolic of God's strong hand. Anytime you see reference to the right hand of God, that is his strong hand. Many of y'all, and this is a very, um, uh, if you will, I think we'll get it, but it's a poor comparison in comparison to to, to the right hand of, the, of God, but many of you in this place, you have a right-hand man or you have a right-hand woman, somebody who's going to be there for you, amen? But there's nobody like the right-hand man I'm talking about. I'm talking about the one who's always going to be there, in season, out of season. He's always going to be there. When you fall out, he's still there, amen? When you fall out with him, he's always present. Luke 24, 51, just put these in your margin. It says, while he was blessing them, while he was blessing them, he parted from them and was carried into heaven. He was carried into heaven. Now go to Hebrews 1 and 3. Watch this now. This is all throughout the scripture, man. Where is Jesus now? The scripture is telling us exactly where he is. Watch this. In Hebrews 1 and 3, I love this. He says, and he, notice that he is, H is capital, talking about Jesus. He is the radiance of his glory. He's the exact representation of his nature. And upholds all things by the word of his power. In Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3, when he had made purification for sins, watch this, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Watch this now. Hebrews, go to Hebrews 8.1. Watch this. 
Hebrews 8 and 1. Now, the main point in what he has been said is this. We have such a high priest who has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of majesty in heavens. Are y'all seeing this? Go to Hebrews 12, verse 2. Watch this. I'm still in Hebrews. The author, watch this. He says, uh, go to verse 1. Watch this. Watch what he says so we can put it together. He says, therefore, since we have a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance or every weight and the sin, one translation says, which so easily besets us. And let us run with the endurance, the race that is set before us. Watch this. The race that is set before us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith. Watch this now. Who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down. Where are you, Jesus? At the right hand of the throne of God. I thank God for the right hand man. His name is Jesus. Oh, thank God for the right hand man. And then the Peter. Peter brought it all home over there in his epistle. Put it in your margin. First Peter chapter three, verse 22. Notice what he says. He's bringing this all together. He says he is at the right hand who is at the right hand of God, having gone into heaven after angels and authorities and powers had been subjected to him. Oh, I'm telling you, man, you might need to look at who your right hand man is. Amen. Amen. I I thank God for the right hand man in my life, but there's nobody like Jesus. Amen. He's the incredible gift who has been given to us. So, people of God, as we go out today. And really from this point forward. Let us recognize that we've been handed an incredible gift. Think about this for a minute. The question is this, God. I want you to give me. The best gift that I could ever receive. And you know what God is saying? I already gave it. And man, when you receive that gift, do I got a witness in this place today that your life is different? He who knew no sin, Jesus became sin, our sin, so that we through him could become the righteousness of God. The theologians call that double imputation. I'm giving him my filth, and in return, he's given me his righteousness. Somebody says, how do you do that? You don't. You just receive it. And then he does the rest. I'm talking to some former people in here. Every other word that came out of your mouth was not a word that honored God. But when the fullness of God appeared in your heart, you can't even get that word out if you tried. It's a beautiful mystery, people, and I'm closing. It's a beautiful mystery. Watch this. The closer you live to Jesus, the more you become like him. You take on his nature. 
you take on his compassion for the loss. Remember, the eyes are not like they used to be. The heart is now moved to compassion. And when your heart is moved, now your hands, you find your hands doing stuff that you never thought they could do. And they're doing things for the benefit of the kingdom of God. And then Lord, is, he's applying resources so that you can continue to use your eyes, your heart, and your hands, and the resources that he gives you as you deny yourself and you take up your cross and you follow him to the better days ahead. It's indeed a fascinating thing to witness the mystery of God at work in our lives. Man, hear this, people. Unwrap the gift and start living in what has already been paid for. Whatever gift you open here in the next few days, remember, it's not better than the gift that God gave. I thank you for the gold chain or the new dress or the Apple Watch. I thank you for the electronics. But there's no gift like the gift that God has already given. Father, we bless your name today and we thank you that you...